Hi, I'm Jason Wacob, founder and co-CEO of MindBuddyGreen and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please consider giving us a five-star review and comment. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness and make sure to check out all of our great offerings, including our online classes and trainings. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Veronica and Miguel Garza are the brother and sister co-founders of one of my favorite brands, Siete Foods. Siete started out of Veronica's kitchen in her attempt to create grain-free tortillas so she could enjoy Mexican-American food that wouldn't trigger her multiple debilitating autoimmune diseases. Suffice to say, she succeeded. Now the brand not only has tortillas, but chips, salsas, quesos, hot sauces, and a $90 million investment from Stripes Group to help them become the next great Mexican-American food brand. The Garzas are an incredible kitchen-to-market story and awesome people. I'm honored to call them friends and delighted that they are guests on the Mind Buddy Green podcast today. Miguel, Veronica, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you two incredible people with one of my favorite brands. So I'm just in heaven right now. <laughs> Many of our listeners will agree. We all love Siete. So honored to have you guys. Well, thank you very much for having us. We're happy to be here. So Siete has an incredible mission and it started with a health crisis. So Veronica, can you talk about what was going on with you with regards to your health and how it inspired this great company? Yeah, I deal with multiple autoimmune conditions. I was diagnosed with my first one when I was 17 years old, so 20 20 years ago. Um, It's called ITP, so low platelet counts, uh, and I was dealing with that for many years, and then that sort of developed uh, into a couple of other autoimmune conditions that I've been diagnosed with over the years, including lupus and Hashimoto's. Uh, So I was dealing with that for a while, um, not feeling great, seeing lots of doctors on lots of medications. And obviously my family was really concerned for me, but really didn't know how to help me. And uh, thankfully my older brother, he had gotten into CrossFit and had started reading a lot about diets and how following a paleo type of diet might be helpful for people with autoimmune conditions. So he had suggested that I start eating that way. And uh, I listened to him and did start doing that in about 2009. Along the same time, uh, my family and I had started exercising together and doing CrossFit. And uh, they also decided to go on this journey with me and start eating grain-free paleo type of diet. So we were all doing that, and uh, I did find that it was helpful in alleviating a lot of my symptoms, but I really think it's just one part of managing, uh, one important part in managing uh, my different autoimmune conditions. So that was, I think, 2009 um, when we started eating that way, and I was feeling better, and my family just in general, they were all feeling better, even though they don't have any specific autoimmune or health issues that they deal with. And uh, it it definitely helped that we were all doing this together, but we did find that uh, there were a lot of foods that we had grown up eating, uh, things that were really, we we feel are like part of our culture that we could no longer have. 
So things like tortillas and chips, um, there wasn't anything on the shelves that we could just go buy uh, and eat. And we had been experimenting with uh, different grain-free flours like almond flour and uh, tapioca to make uh, other things like breads and pizza crusts. So I don't have any sort of uh, professional cooking background, but I do enjoy cooking. I just sort of a tinker in the kitchen. And I decided to take some of those ingredients we had been exper uh, experimenting with and uh, try to make a tortilla. So this was something that uh, probably a few times in my life I had done uh, of the flour variety. Visiting my grandma's house, every time we'd show up to her house, she would have just like a pile of fresh flour tortillas made for us. And occasionally she would let me and my other cousins uh, join her in trying to make the tortillas. So I had that memory of doing that. Um, and uh, I decided to get in the kitchen and just throw a few ingredients together uh, that were a little more nutrient dense. And uh, I knew that uh, I could eat uh, without any issues, and I developed the almond flour tortilla for, for me and my family, really. It was just solving a problem for myself and my family. And so you guys are all eating the almond tortillas and like, wow, this is pretty good. Yeah. What was the, what was the moment where you guys said, here's, here's a business, here's a company, and then what was the initial vision for Siete? So... I can't remember a specific time when we said, hey, this is a great business idea. I think kind of what happened was we saw how helpful it was for us to have um, the convenience that it provided us. And really, it was something that helped me to feel included. Um, so, you know, you have all of these autoimmune issues. There was a time where I didn't have these tortillas and I would show up to a friend's barbecue with like a bag of lettuce to make my tacos. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I knew what that felt like and I saw other people uh, just early on, they started finding out about these tortillas that I was making and they started asking for them and just telling me how, you know, it had been years since they'd been able to have a tortilla or their kid uh, it had been years since they'd been able to have a tortilla. And so I think we just saw how um, how much it could help people and uh, realized that the best way to uh, provide this product to people, make it more convenient for them and have it change their lives the way it changed ours was to put it out on shelves. So it wasn't really like a business idea, like, hey, we see a moneymaker. It was mm -hmm. This is something that can help more people. So something that was clearly important to you in this healing process is this idea of family. And it's a family business, and family was part of your health journey. And what does it mean to you guys to be a quote-unquote family? Why is that so important? That's a good question, huh? <laughs> I think, like, so for us, family is so much a part of our, our identity as the Garza family that um, I think it's hard to put into words, but I know that we're just a very tight knit group. And I think that was instilled in us from our parents. Um, my sister will often tell stories like we, we weren't allowed to really be mad at each other as siblings. So my mom would 
actually make us sit on the couch and hug each other, um, which was fun for me because I was the annoying little brother and annoying <laughs> for everybody else. Uh, oh, unfortunately, we don't really hug each other now because <laughs> we still love each other, but that's not one of the ways we show love anymore. But I think that that's a, it's, it's this, um, I think people have different ways of expressing it, but for us, it's this love and this connectedness. Um, and we're really all friends in the true sense of the word, but deeper than that, we have, um, we're there for each other, um, and we're there to make each other better and to support each other. So for us, it's just this togetherness and connectedness and loving on each other. And those were values that were instilled in us by our parents. I mean, I said I was going to mention it earlier, but my mom's sitting on the couch next to us as we have this podcast, probably about to start crying as we talk about family. She is crying. Oh, no. no. No crying on this podcast. Well, you can, I guess, well, I guess there actually there has been crying on this podcast. It is, it is permitted. Feelings are permitted here. So you mentioned your mom's here. Just for context for the audience, there's, there's more than your mom. How mm-hmm. many people, like in terms of Siete, how many family members are actually part of Siete? It's impressive. So we are Siete, seven in Spanish, uh, because we're seven members in my family. So my parents and then five kids. Um, and we all work for the business uh, full-time, uh, different roles. Plus, uh, actually, we're nueve, really. A uh, little later on, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law also work for the company. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys going to do when you run out of family? We've already Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we started um, bringing new members on the team that quickly became family so our first core value is family first family second business third and i think like we as a team as siete and not the goddess of family but as siete we've really adopted that so being an entrepreneur is is tough it is incredibly rewarding but it's also tough and so what would you say are the pros of being a family on this journey together and the flip side what are the cons of being a family on this journey together the, the immediate pro that I can think of is uh, as we started the business, I think we immediately had some core values that were built into the business that were really just an extension of my family and the things that our parents had taught us. So that was really easy when we were writing core values down, done, uh, no question about it. Uh, the con that I can think of, it's not really too much of a con, but you just never turn the business off. It's always there. You know, if you get together for dinner, you end up talking business because it's... Sure. I think trust and love are very important for how we want to grow a business. So um, that's the pro. Um, I think the cons are that all of our chips are in the game. Um, and Literally. And I think that um, that can be stressful. Uh, and I would say, like, I think the there may be people that might answer that, like, relationships are tough or stuff like that. But they're not. The relationships aren't any tougher than relationships that you would have to go through in building a business of tight-knit people and doing something that's challenging. Um, 
I think that the more difficult thing is is what she said, um, balancing because balancing is actually it's not possible. Correct. And so you just <laughs> you just kind of have this aspiration, like, oh yeah, I want to be like. I want to be able to sit at the dinner table and talk about other things. And you're like, well, what? It, oh yeah. We all work at the same place. Like <laughs> we can't even talk. Like you just have to talk about it. That's, that's just the way it works. Sure. Sure. So when you first started Siete and say the vision to summarize, you creating a, a solution for a problem you had with regards to the food you wanted to eat. And now you're at this point where you're, you're you've solved that and you're solving that for a lot of people. What, what is the vision today as, you know, one of the leaders in wellness with an incredible brand, which is like one of the you know, favorite brands here at MBG and for, for millions of people probably, you know, what is the vision? How has that vision changed? Like, where do you guys want to go? Uh, so our vision is to create an iconic, uh, better for you, Mexican American food brand. Uh, that really resonates with people, solves problems um, with every product that we offer um, to make innovative products. Uh, so not just, you know, me too. Um, we want to make sure that everything we put out there solves some sort of problem for our customers. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, my sister's being nice and she's not telling the story about how we were called must be nutty when we first started. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to call you out. Yeah. Uh, so she's being nice. Um, but yeah, when we started, it was one product and we were just making the product um, because it was solving a problem for my sister, for ourselves and seemingly solving a problem for other people. We rebranded pretty early on to be Siete because we, um, started realizing that we wanted to be authentic in the marketplace. And so we're a Mexican American family from South Texas. Um, and we wanted to share that authenticity to share our culture with people. And so I think to echo what my sister said, we're trying to build, um, an iconic food brand and not even because that's what we want to do, but I think, a lot of it has to do with being a steward or a caretaker for a brand. Like the brand is its own entity now. And it's almost like having a child. I have none, but I have nine nieces and nephews. Um, so I have like some children experience and two dogs. And two dogs. But you want to see like a child grow up to be, to, to live to its fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And so I think working day to day, at Siete, you see how much the consumer is resonating with these products that are bringing people back to the table and are very inclusive and taste good and are very shareable. And so what we're trying to do is to build that up the best way that we know how um, and to do it in a way that's sustainable for um, all of the people that work at Siete and then all of the other stakeholders that have relationships sure. with Siete. So the knock on wellness, people will say it's predominantly white, wealthy, and people live on the coast, you know, west side of LA and New York. And 
that's uh, that's an issue. Something we think about: how do you, how do you expand the conversation? How do you make it more accessible? Uh, how do you think about diversity? So, how do you guys think about wellness and what can be done to bring more Mexican Americans into the wellness movement? Um, first, I would say that um, as a brand and as a company, we don't necessarily think that grain-free or dairy-free is the end-all, be-all for consumers. I think that we believe that uh, different people have different ways of eating for different reasons that fills them up in in different ways. And so saying that, I think think wellness can be defined as many different things. Um, At at our within our family and within our company we just encourage people to have a pursuit of wellness because i think that the term is so broad that it can include so many things that just uh being aware of trying to better your health is what we try and encourage as a brand um and i would say that I personally do think that um, we're not a rarity. There were people that um, were begging my sister to make tortillas back in 2009 when we had a CrossFit gym. So I think it's about making uh, better foods more accessible, um, spending more time and energy educating the consumer um, so that they can make their own decisions and aren't forced into decisions by what's on the shelf or sure. by living in a food desert. Um, so I think that it's probably more so there than we truly understand, um, but that we can do a better job in spending time and resources on getting the consumer more information so that they can make better choices access and information yeah if you don't know why there's a better if you don't know if the better choice is in front of you say in the bodega or whatever or grocery store and you got two options and you're not informed about why this option b is better than option a mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it's both yep i think things are improving a lot now just with social media people are becoming more aware um through things like Instagram and Facebook where they didn't have access to that before. Totally agreed. And so you started with almond flour. And I think for me personally, one of the things that I think you're known for is cassava flour. So talk a little bit about that flour specifically and the magic and and, and why it works. Well, so I came across cassava flour probably a couple of years after I started making the almond tortilla. And uh, I had become aware just there were a few people every now and then, influencers that would comment, oh, I'd love to try these because they're gluten-free and grain-free, but, you know, I have an allergy to almonds or whatever. So I started um, getting this idea that I wanted to offer something different. So uh, another solution for people who who need that. and I had started researching different uh, gluten-free and grain-free flours. And somewhere I found an article about cassava flour and um, how uh, 
it was a flower that had been used for who knows how long in South America and Africa and Asian countries. So I tried to get my hands on some and couldn't find any anywhere, uh, except there was this like Afro-Caribbean market in Austin that uh, I visited and I finally found some. Uh, experimented with it a little bit and uh, didn't have great success. Uh, it wasn't processed uh, the way the current flower that we use uh, is processed. So it just didn't work great for a tortilla application. It was kind of bitter. Um, but uh, I had read a patent application for uh, some cassava manufacturer explaining how they had removed a lot of this bitterness and had, it was a really great uh, alternative for gluten uh, flour uh, in gluten-free applications. So I got my hands on that, uh, I guess a couple of years later, and uh, started experimenting with it and just found that, yeah, it, it was great. It had a great taste. Um, I really also like the fact that, so it's, uh, it's the whole root vegetable versus just the starch. Mm, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, so um, I think that's part of what makes it so good in, in baking. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and then I started reading more about it and uh, realized that it's like the fourth most grown fourth, crop, mm -hmm. fourth most grown crop in the world, and it's sustaining people in all these different countries and cultures. So wow, yeah. So to summarize, you've got if I think about your products, you've got tortillas, hard and soft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've got the chips. You've got queso. You've got salsa. Hot sauce. Hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yeah, yeah, hot, yeah. Sauce. hot sauce. Am I missing anything? Um, no. No. And what else That's are you it. thinking about? So we have a sprouted bean dip Ooh. that we're la launching. That one's good. I'm a personal <laughs> fan can, of can all I, the Can products. I sign up for samples? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. For taste <laughs> testing. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that was another thing. Um, every time I would visit my grandma's house, she would have like a big pot of beans waiting for us. And when I started following a paleo type of diet, that was beans were something that I had to eliminate. Sure. And I started doing some research. Um, I mean, beans are an important uh, staple in many diets. And I realized that part of it is uh, we're just not cooking it right uh, to make it a little more digestible. So we're, uh, sprouting the beans and then, uh, pressure cooking them to just make Dr. Them. Gundry would love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was just on here the, the other day. Yeah. Awesome. He loves you guys, by the way. Yeah. yeah awesome. <laughs> Any other things coming down the pipeline that you could talk about or think about? I, and I have a request. I, okay. Let's so hear it. I am just a guacamole nut. Mm -hmm. So I just will try to yeah. Put as much on there as possible. Would you ever do, maybe it's just for me, like an extra super thick chip <laughs> for people crazy about guacamole like me? We'll do our best. Okay. Or I'm just with happy you to in mind. With, with you just, in mind. With just yeah, one yeah, consumer yeah. in mind. Jason's uh, chips. We'll just send you a bag. Yeah. <laughs> super, yeah. But what, el what else are you thinking about? I'm curious. Like you think about like what we've talked about, you know, iconic Mexican-American brand, What's, there's what, a lot of stuff at the dinner table yeah, that you can exactly, tackle, or breakfast, exactly, or lunch, or exactly. snacks, or alcohol. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot yep. of room. 
There is. Go straight to the fun stuff. Yeah, tequila. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that's the fun thing. Uh, when we were starting and we put these guardrails up for ourselves to say that we were going to be a Mexican-American food brand, um, I think it could have felt very limiting in the beginning because you're like, well, what what can we um, put out there that'll make sense for the brand? But just as we've continued to grow, um, I think there is a lot of opportunity. Um, I think that um, Vettel has... That's me. Yeah, that's my uh, Veronica Vettel. Vettel. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And y'all have a Vettel water machine. That's what it I said out there. I yeah. need one of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> Named after her, I guess. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, she just comes up with amazing um, stuff that we get to taste all the time. Uh, and, and I think what we're really excited about is beefing up her R&D team so that we can have more rapid innovation. Um, and I feel like we already move at a very quick pace, but there are, I think that there are things that in true Vettel fashion, she hasn't even really told us about that she's cooking up in her head or that she makes at her home kitchen and nobody knows about. Um, and I think that the, the team around her, uh, is going to help accelerate a lot of that stuff. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, you've got this great investment, great partner from Stripes Group. So where do you yeah, go from They're good here? people. Yeah, they're really good people. Um, so we always operated the business in a way that we wanted it to be sustainable. So we weren't, um, you know, we've had many conversations with different investment groups. Um, and... When we explained to Stripes that we wanted to build an iconic Mexican-American food brand and that we wanted to do it our way, which is these seven core values that we have. First one, family first, family second, business third. And um, last one is do everything with love. Um, when we told them that we wanted to do it in that way and that we wanted to build this thing and that we thought that it could be a really big deal for the consumer, they were like, sign us up. We're in, we like that. Um, we like that idea. And so with stripes as a partner with, with us now, I, I think that we have a tremendous opportunity to innovate even faster, um, to grow our team. Um, which we're really excited about growing that family Um, and really just amplify and accelerate a lot of the things that we would have already done. Um, But now we can just do them a little bit faster so that my sister doesn't have to be in the kitchen until midnight, (laughs) one in the morning cranking on, on new item innovation. So um, I think that's what I'm excited about that, that to have somebody that is bought in to the vision that's been cast for the brand and the company. Um, it's exciting. I think that there's so much that we'll be doing over the next few years. Um, and I think that we have a team of amazing individuals who are going to do amazing things at Siete. And then I think even more amazing things, um, if they ever move on from Siete. I'm very bullish on on the 
Siete team. I love it. Well, will one of those things ever be a restaurant? I think that would be fun, huh? I, I just speak about things that Jason wants to see personally because <laughs> he loves all your products and brand. I'm like, okay, what what can we do? And then I'll be like, can we do a restaurant in Brooklyn? Like, do one? <laughs> but would you ever, because you think about, as I said, you know, Mexican-American brand, like uh, that's pretty big vision. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different foods on the table, different meals, different experiences that could go lots of different ways. I would love that just for selfish reasons. Yeah. Um, there are, it's, difficult to find restaurants where i feel totally comfortable eating it sure if it was our own picnic in austin yeah picnic it's right down that's that's what i was thinking of picnic Picnic. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but it's a good example of a brand that extended and like Mm -hmm. it's i was like oh you guys could do that too your version of that well and if you were to go by our office you might see a a food truck parked um that's not in use yet but it's ready to go so anytime you guys are ready, yeah. just roll up. <laughs> um, but so yeah, that's on so. the table. That, that's yeah, yeah, and and not be n- not for the restaurant's sake, but I do think that there are. So we have um, now. I'm going to brag on my best friend. We have a chef on staff who's really, really good, and he makes really great food. And if we could share that great food with more people, I think that that would be a win-win-win for everybody. And I think for selfish reasons, too. Like, to find more picnics in the world where you can show up to a restaurant and, you know, you can eat everything on the menu is an amazing feeling as an individual who has different food allergies. Agreed. So speaking of picnic, it's one of my favorite places in Austin. As you guys know, Colleen and I love Austin, one of our favorite places in the world. Yeah, we're trying to get you all to move. We're ready. We're ready. where do you guys go? What are your favorite places? What do you love about that that city? And there is something really special about wellness, nature, food, culture. Yeah, it all sort of melts together. That's my point of view. But want to want to hear like, where do you guys go? What do you love about Austin? Mm, well, I'll say we love Austin so much that when we were starting the business, I wasn't even living there. I was living in Laredo, which is about three and a half hours away, and. Uh, we made a decision to start our business in Austin because of all of the amazing things that it has to offer. Um, it has one of the best universities in sure. the world, and what starts there changes the world. And we all went to school there, yeah. UT. <laughs> uh, so Austin was really like a second home to us. It's actually where my parents met. Um, Which is actually a great story. So we all went to UT, but my parents were, and hopefully there are some UT people listening, um, there's Gregory Jim and there's Jester, which is uh, a dormitory. And they were walking on opposite sides of the street. And uh, my mom thought my dad was cute. And then they met. And that was their meet cute. She told her friend. That was their, that yeah. guy. And her friend knew him. And then they ended up having five kids. And, That's I, awesome. and I was the seventh one. Something that would not happen in 2019. It would go, what app? Are they on? Are they on Tinder? Whatever it is, Bumble, Tinder, are they there? Are they swiping? Would we even talk to each other? Do we know someone? Like that, that, that like face to face interaction. Uh I love stories like that. Yeah. Well, so what do I love about Austin? Um, It's a great blend of, you know, people who are, uh, care about their health. 
they let's see so there's a lot of outdoor stuff uh, if you like hiking there's hiking uh, lots of fitness stuff um for you know i've kind of been out of this for a little while but the music scene is amazing um, when we started our business it became a little less um not important for me but just passions kind of uh changed a little bit but uh great music scene i used to be really into that um i don't know what else do you, do you have a favorite park when you mention nature place you guys go um i think barton creek's pretty great yeah. to walk that trail um uh so favorite things about austin i think the I'm trying un- to get like the guard yeah, yeah, guide yeah, to austin yeah. that's so, what i'm going for so uh the university provides this great um curious youthful energy to the rest of the town um i think that it is an amazing town for entrepreneurs because of all of the um i would say legendary business people that have come from austin um it has like it covers every interest right so i really enjoy the alamo draft house um and showing up and watching a movie and eating a gluten-free pizza and having a cider and um, being able to unwind like that and then being able to like step out of the Alamo Draft House and you're just a mile from Barton Creek and then you can walk up Barton Creek, um, go to Zilker Park or the Barton Springs Pool. You know, it's I think it's 68 degrees year-round in, in that spring-fed pool. Um, home of Whole Foods, so you have the flagship Whole Foods there. Um there's a new restaurant, and I've been talking about it a lot, so I feel like people are going to start getting anno- annoyed. But Loro in town, I don't know if y'all went there when we y'all did. were there. We did. So good. It's like, well, it's the combination of the super chefs. Yes, Tyson Cole, Aaron Franklin. You can get Franklin's Barbecue or Franklin's Brisket, really. They have a Malaysian chicken bosom, which... I get basically I'm a creature of habit and so now I'm describing my meal so I apologize for the listeners all good uh, <laughs> uh, kale and Asian pear no an Asian kale and pear salad garlic rice noodles and Malaysian chicken bosom every time and it is my favorite restaurant in Austin right now you heard it here first yeah. or maybe not first yeah, no, not first. yeah, yeah, not, <laughs> yeah I've been saying it a lot um, but yeah you just it's Austin has new restaurants popping up. Like, it's such an amazing city for people to um, explore nature, um, create new products. Like, you know, Outdoor Voices moved from New York to Austin. Um, now they have this, they, they took over uh, what used to be a pawn shop, which used to be a running, uh, a gym, which used to be a running shoe store right next to the lake. Um, and the people in Austin are supportive of other people pursuing their passions and their dreams. So I, I think it's just, it's a great city. Um, and it's a great community and there's so much to do. Sure. So I think, so did we convince you enough yeah. to get you um, and Colleen I, yeah. to move there? Someday, someday. <laughs> so I, I think part of the allure is it is almost the capital of, of the natural movement with Whole Foods and John Mackey and the history there. And there's so many great natural brands, yourselves included there, where innovation is happening. What do you think 
is happening right now with food like what are, what are you excited about like where do you see the trends like what what do you think the conversation is going to be a year from now in the future what brands do you guys look at admire just overall like to me it's like the most exciting time to be in wellness but then more specifically food and natural food there's just so much innovation happening hmm. i see so we don't really look at trends like when we're creating products but i do see I guess a trend towards people becoming more aware of like their individual needs uh, when it comes to food. So that's really important to us. And I think innovation is really moving in that direction. So like more customized food or, so we try to do that. We have five different tortillas uh, because of that. Uh, we started with an almond and then I realized, you know, people have nut allergies. So let's make something without nuts. Um, so really just trying to offer things that, uh, at least something for everybody. And I, I think a lot of companies are moving in that direction, um, to try to meet the needs of individual people rather than saying, you know, this diet will work for everybody. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to speak probably a little more broadly, uh, I think one of the more exciting things or the things that I'm hoping for in natural foods is um, more diversity and inclusion. So to see more um, founders that are female and people of color and to... Um, see more foods that are representative of people's cultures, um, but that are still within the realm of natural foods. Um, and I think I'm, I mean, really, I'm excited to see the continued, like things are moving at such a fast pace that the innovation's coming from everywhere. There's innovation in ingredients, there's innovation in packaging, um, I don't think that a week goes by where we don't hear about um, food and technology merging. Um, I think McDonald's just made some sort Dynamic of yield. Yeah, some yeah. like acquisition, right? And so I think that's really exciting to have, um, to be a part of an industry that is experiencing such rapid change and to be in a city that is the home of Whole Foods, which is such a dynamic leader of the natural foods industry. Um, and to see it go through the um, evolution with Amazon and just to see all of those things and to layer diversity on top of that and the excitement that I get from what the outcome may be. And I think it's going to be a positive outcome there's going to be a big shift and it's already happening. Um, and being a part of it and being in it, like being in the storm is, it's fun. It is. So what brands do you admire? Who, who's, who's doing a good job where you say, wow, what they're doing is cool. Uh, food brands. I yeah. love, um, primal kitchen. Sure. Mark Sisson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that guy doesn't he's age. He's like sixty-seven, <laughs> going on twenty-five. Yeah, just have to I eat whatever he's eating. I was, I was showing one of our uh, team members. I was like, yeah, like this dude's in his sixties. Yeah, look at this dude. Like, this, 
he doesn't age. Yeah. He just doesn't. <laughs> He's hanging out in Florida paddleboarding yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, another brand I really look up to, and they've been mentors to us, is Epic. Sure. Um, so we, we look to them a lot uh, for guidance. You're mentioning all our prior podcast guests. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Tyler and Katie love them. Yeah. 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 I don't know. How about you? Um, I would probably, for, yeah, definitely Primal Kitchen, definitely Epic. Um, I think that the passion that Epic has for the movement that they're leading is is very infectious. Um I, I, like, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about products that I buy. I, I think that um, Vital Proteins is fun brand. I drink Pink Lady, Apple, Health Aid, like, once a day. I think Health Aid's a fun brand. And I think I'm just more excited about, like, as you walk through Whole Foods or Erwan or Wheatsville Food Co-op, like, when you walk into these Where's natural... Wheatsville Food Co-op? Austin, Texas. I gotta go to that one. Yeah. That was the first store that carried our really products. Yeah. I need to go. Yeah. Um, scares me. <laughs> it's good to go in there to see what's going on, but it's like, oh my god, it's it's like you're in the the epicenter of yes. the bubble. It's it's cool. It's but I'm like, whoa, it's. But they have I some could of spend the. Hours they in have. There. Yeah. Just well, you can't. They'll kick you out. Erwan like, has. Erwan <laughs> has some of depending the, on which one you go to the best prepared foods oh absolutely the, the buffalo cauliflower there is the food is for. delicious one of my favorite things in the world yeah but sorry is. continue sorry for interrupting continue your thought <laughs> um you there are just so many brands that are like i'm thinking about um the the coconut aminos brands you have coconut secret you have a tree what's that like I use that, you know, I, I can't remember the name. It's a purple bottle. Um, but you just, the brands that are solving problems and maybe it's selfish because they're solving like your problem, my problems, your problems are most everyone's <laughs> yeah. problems though. Um, but you like, there are just, you know, um, Kalina, the coconut yogurt is a favorite in the Siete office. That's um, coconut based yogurt. And they're now in a terracotta, uh, little pot. pot, yeah, which then you can reuse as like a little planter. Um, trying to think, I'm just of, running out of ideas what to do with those little pots. No, but it's just there. The like, I think that I am very proud and excited to be a part of this industry that has so many amazing people um, solving problems for the consumer i think that like i love going to natural food stores and just walking around and experiencing all of the innovation that people have to offer yeah i'm excited it's it's me it's the most exciting time yeah i'm also curious is there a category that you look at and you say like huh if we weren't doing siete this is interesting like it's a little stale. Like I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when you talk to them about, oh, I'm gonna go back. Capellos, I eat that a lot. Okay, what's big. Capellos? You don't know Capellos? How do you not know Capellos? <laughs> it's uh, so they're Italian inspired, um, grain free, oh, paleo, yeah. yes, almond yes, flour yes, yes. pasta. I know Capellos. I, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I eat that a lot. Simple okay. meals too. I, I make. Simple meals. Yeah, simple yeah. Meals is great. Sorry. No, no, no. I'll <laughs> keep going. I'll go, keep I can on name. Yeah. Yeah. We got the Garza's Guide to Austin and the Garza's Guide to the Pantry and Refrigerator. 
I love it. We'll publish that. <laughs> but what I'm curious, are there other categories? Because I think traditionally entrepreneurs in this space will look like, you know, it's like there's a playbook, like you, you find a category that's like stale and create better options. And, and there is so much innovation happening. But I'm curious, like, are there categories? Maybe it's a personal thing where like, you know, I'm looking for options on the shelf and nothing's really speaking to me. Like, are there categories you think are interesting that maybe need a little love? Um, so, yeah, I do often think in the sense of, like, what do I need that nobody's and nobody's found a solution for me? Uh, so bread is one of them. Yeah. Uh, and for me, just because personally, uh, not only do I have a gluten allergy, but I also have an egg allergy. So um, it's very hard to find a gluten-free slash vegan bread, Uh, even though I'm not personally vegan. I can't have eggs, so maybe there. And then we wouldn't necessarily make a bread under the Siete brand, not necessarily. Hmm. Well, she's the product creator, so she's going to have better ideas of disrupting a category (laughs) than me. But I will say... This isn't a disruptor, but I'm just getting pumped being on this podcast. Um, hard kombucha. I'm all in on hard kombucha. If I was not kombucha with booze, a little more. If, if I yeah. yeah, if I wasn't um, a part of Siete, I would be um, working on hard kombucha because I, I again, I'm it's selfish. I enjoy it. <laughs> you have like one or two hard kombuchas and yeah. it's like good flavor and not too sweet um i know my mom would probably enjoy it too so we could after a hard day at work we could share a hard kombucha so i i think that that actually that um i do think that we're gonna see many more players into that market like you have um yeah. bill moses started flying embers you have um and he's the uh Kavita. Excavita. Yeah. Uh you have um Kyla, which is one, the one that they sell in Austin. I saw one called um June Shine. That one tasted pretty good out in California and Boochcraft. And so I think I've tried I, and so that's one where I, I it's not necessarily that I think it requires more disruption. I'm just generally as a consumer excited sure about i think that. alcohol as a category is really in spirits in general or, or it's it's interesting because you know great I, I, a line from dr gundry which i love is his advice is always if you haven't started drinking then don't start mm-hmm. but if you do drink there are better for you options and i think for a lot of people um it, it is it does mean balance it's, or it's part of celebrating with family breaking bread having a drink a long mm-hmm. day and and, and it's a reality of people's lives. And with that being said, I think that the industry is going through a little bit of a um, reinvention and you've got brands like, you know, whether it's Kettle One or uh, like you've got all the different wine brands, you've got uh, actually one of our favorites in Austin. uh, Cider? austin Ciders? No, one of our favorite gluten-free vodkas. Uh, Tito's? Yeah. Tito's, yeah, Tito's, Tito's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a little bit, of, like, I think people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's fun. So Tequila, we could get into tequila. I'm a big proponent of that. 
I've already said that to Miguel. Yeah. There's actually there's actually some fermented alcoholic drinks in Mexico that would be similar to kombucha mm-hmm. that maybe yeah. we could yeah do a spin on. There you go. I'm, I'm all under the You're all in. You're all in. I'm very self serving. <laughs> I, I want my extra thick siete chips. We're like, <laughs> give the scraps to Jason. Uh, it's all all very self serving. Uh, so what? What keeps you guys up at night and what has you excited every morning? The team and the team. It's both. Uh, And for me, it's um, I am so focused on making sure that as we grow, that we do it in the Siete way. And that means taking care of everybody. Um. And making sure that we continue to follow this family first, family second, business third, and do everything with love and, and that we we grow in the right way. And that keeps me up at night. And then the most, like, what I'm most excited about is I get to work with um, my wife and my family. So it's one of the more, my brother, if he was here, he would say, um, that working at Siete um, is probably the more, the most exciting work he's ever done in his life. He just turned 40 today. Um, and the, ex- like, I'd never wake up not wanting to go to the office. Even on Saturdays and Sundays, I want to go to the office. And it is because we have a team. Um, that is so uh, focused and um, loving and filled with joy, but also fiercely competitive. Like we, we that it's just infectious and you want to be there. Um, and I think that there's so much magic there that it's exciting to be around. Um, and I say the competitive thing because we're not – competitive with each other as a team except for silly things like mm-hmm. like we'll be the ones that will um well maybe i'm the competitive one It'd be like who can do five burpees the fastest and people are just rolling their eyes uh but as a unit we are fiercely competitive and we want to build something that's really special and that has a big impact like we have a team with big hearts and who doesn't want to be around people with big hearts? Sure. So I focus primarily on product development. Every product is my baby. Um, So I just always want to please our customers and I want to make sure that we have like perfect products out on the shelf. So those are things that keep me up at night, worrying about whether we're giving our customers everything that they want and, that the products are, um, that they love them. Um, at, at the same time, the customer is also the same uh, thing that excites me, just seeing how excited they are to eat our products or discover our products, and then hearing stories about how much our products have helped them. We'll get stories all the time. Uh, people will email us, message us on Instagram saying, you know, the products have changed their lives. And that surprised me at first when I read that. And then I kept reading it over and over and over again. And I think that's the thing that 
gets me up every morning knowing that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing that for people. I love it. I have another product idea. Okay. <laughs> so we started talking it's about keep me tequila up <laughs> and mezcal. I'm like, huh, you know what? There's no real, like, better for you margarita mix. Mm. All right. Okay. So like a low sugar. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, when I go out and have a drink, I'll say, like, light on the agave or I'll, I'll like, do a, my own version at home. That's like, I take, like, suja probiotic mm. lemon cayenne and put it in. So... We do bucheritas at the office. Bucheritas. Probably yeah. on a weekly basis or yeah. Mike's margaritas. Yeah, with mine no... is. Mine's actually not a margarita or somebody told me it's a skinny margarita. Yeah. But or a, a tequila Ricky, maybe. Is yeah, yeah, it's just one part tequila, one part lime juice over ice with a salted rim. So it's just a very like sour yeah. drink. And but... What's the other version? I like that. The other version? The, the bucherita. What's the bucherita? Uh, Health Aid pomegranate. Yeah, mixed or really with tequila anything. Or, co- or there's a local brand in Austin called Cosmic. Yeah. They make um, Salty Dog. They make a, what's the other one that they make that go really well with tequila? Or, Is it like a Jamaica? Uh, tamarindo. tamarindo. I think, yeah, yeah, they do a Tamarindo that's also really tamarindo. good. Uh, well, just plant the seed, guys. <laughs> just plant the seed. <laughs> never been so excited in a podcast to give product ideas so what else is what else what else do we have here so last question if you could guys if you guys could go back in time and give yourselves advice in the beginning of this journey what advice would that be Hmm. so every business faces obstacles um and in the moment you probably think this is the worst thing that could ever happen. You know, this business isn't going to make it. And then in hindsight, when you look back at that, you realize that a lot of times these things are blessings in disguise. So I'll give you an example. Um, early on, we were trying to get into Whole Foods. And uh, when we got into our first store, we had showed up with just a little plastic bag with 10 tortillas um, no branding, nothing, had a, a, a very informal meeting with the buyer on the grocery store floor, and we got into the store. So that was the first store, Weedsville Co-op in Austin. So my brother had thought that uh, he could do the same thing with Whole Foods, so we showed up with a little Ziploc bag, left it there for the, the buyer, I think the local forager, and he put a little sticky note on the bag, uh, and uh, obviously we didn't get into Whole Foods. <laughs> they, they didn't think that we were ready. And uh, I realized later that we weren't. Um, so I think just to realize that sometimes things are blessings in disguise and things happen for a reason. It would have been super exciting to get into Whole Foods at that time, but honestly, we were still hand-pressing tortillas. <laughs> yeah, we, we just weren't ready. Um, and another thing, probably I would, the advice I would give myself is just to uh, get rid of the the fear that comes along with just starting a business or making any moves in a business. Um, we tend to be very risk averse, um, and that's something that we've had to kind of get over because you you know you're going to have to make mistakes uh, to get to where you want to go. It's just the way business is. Yeah, I was the one that dropped that Ziploc off 
<laughs> but it's because the product was so good. And actually, my post-it note said, uh, these are for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> he will want them one day. I, anytime you want to drop off a Ziploc bag with a post-it note, I, I'll give you my <laughs> yeah. address, guys. Drop off whatever. Um, I will sample. I will eat. Yeah. Um, the advice that I would give myself is to get more mentors faster. And I think I try and follow that today. I think that there are so many, and I think you need multiple. And I think you shouldn't be shy about asking for advice. Um, and not even advice. I, I think it's a good practice to ask people just to share their story. Um, because I think you'll find nuggets of wisdom in everybody's story, um, especially if it's something directly related to, to what you're doing. So everything my sister said, and then also I think uh, mentors are very important when you're doing something new and challenging. 100% agree, and I think there, there's a lot of pressure on entrepreneurs to feel like they have the answers, and people ask, how's it going? Oh, it's fantastic, and we're growing, and <laughs> yeah. we're doing this. And, and you're crying on the inside. Yeah, I think that I think <laughs> a lot of people have that. And, and more specifically with wellness, I think there's pressure to you know, look good and feel good and even project it more and, and speak in terms of uh, abundance and not, and I buy a lot, you know, I, I believe in all of that stuff, but uh, I think there's a more pressure within wellness specifically. I think it's hard to be an entrepreneur, but I think within wellness, like there's things like appearances and perception, people take it. And I think as an entrepreneur in wellness, you're also more attuned to like the things you, you know you should be doing. And when you start to like sacrifice your health and so forth, you know, versus it's almost more stressful mm -hmm. to those who are just immune to to that yeah. or have a lack of understanding. That's why we have a gym at the office. You do. Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen the magic of the Siete office in Austin. Yeah, it's fun. We have a lot of fun there. Well, thank you guys so much for all that you do. Miguel and Veronica, the whole Garza family, we love Siete, and I know our listeners do too. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you very much. We appreciate it, and um, we're excited to be a part of this community. And I'm excited for the very thick tortilla chips <laughs> just for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.